My greatest passion in life was to be a full-time missionary on the field, as many of you know. In 1980, with Adrian, we went to the Philippines for three years. It wasn't the easiest of times. In 1983, we came back with uh, no desire whatsoever to go back to the nations. The vision had died, and then 10 years later, I was invited to go up to India, and I went very, very reluctantly. I really didn't, I only went because kind of Adrian told me I should pray about saying no, and so having said no, I changed my mind and said yes, and then I got up there, there was a six-hour car trip in 45 degrees heat, and uh, I had to room with this Indian I didn't know, which I wasn't happy about, and then there was a bee's nest outside our room, so we had to keep the doors closed and the windows closed. It was stifling heat. It was unbearable. And I thought to myself, why was I so stupid to go back to the nations when the first experience hadn't been a great one? So here I was in conditions I disliked in a country I didn't want to be in, rooming with someone I didn't know and with attitude that was not very good. And in the midst of all of that, suddenly... The Holy Spirit turned up, as many of you know, and I experienced these amazing visitations of the Holy Spirit, which it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks and took place for the next two or three years. And during that period of time, God just totally changed my life forever and put in my spirit uh, a lot of what we are doing today. That's why I probably never really copy what anyone else does, because God so put into me what he's called myself and Church Unlimited to do. And on the way home, I was flying between, I think, Singapore and Auckland. I picked up this little book by Smith Wigglesworth on ever-increasing faith, which is the title of my message today. And for a period of uh, hours, six, seven, eight hours, I was absolutely apprehended by the Holy Spirit in the whole realm of faith. And God just put a deposit within me in that area of my life. During the visitations of God, the Holy Spirit was the one who became more real to me than ever before. I never knew the Holy Spirit was a, a, such a person that I could know and almost reach out and, and, and touch and, and just be close to. It was a, a remarkable, remarkable experience. And so I've been a, on a journey now for 22 years with two probably overwhelming passions in my life. One is a relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God, and the other one is for, to grow and to continue to grow in the whole area of faith. Isn't it interesting when you look at the early church in the book of Acts and they're looking for new leaders, two of the main characteristics they looked for in their leaders were faith and full of the Holy Spirit. There was, was also wisdom as well. But those two things, and that's what God encountered me with in an incredible way. And I want to look today at the first of these and then maybe in time we'll look at the second and the whole area of faith because I do believe it is the key or a great key to the future of your life and also the future of all God wants to do in church unlimited. What makes an unsaved man who's left his wife and family come back home and get saved? Some of you may be in that scenario right, right now, or you may be in another scenario where you're wondering how on earth is this going to take place? How on earth is this going to happen? The answer is faith, because this man's wife testified sometimes later that the key to getting her husband back was regularly hearing week by week, Sunday by Sunday, words of faith from the pulpit, being encouraged week after week to keep on believing God 
for a miracle, hearing over and over again, nothing is too hard for the Lord. And, and at, the, at the end of that in time, her husband came home, he got saved, and she testified, it's like being married to a new man. I wonder how many of you wives would like to be married to a new man. Don't put your hand up. <laughs> how many of you women would, uh, men would like to be married to a new wife? Don't put your hand up, all right? <clears throat> when God listed his champions in Hebrews chapter 11, isn't it amazing? It's a, the heroes of faith. It's a roll call. And if I was uh, uh, writing the major attribute of the heroes of faith, I would have thought, God, surely you'd use the word love because love is the greatest. If not love, prayer, because my house shall be called a house of prayer. If not prayer, then maybe holiness because we're to be Christ-like. But the, the author of Scripture, God himself, the Holy Spirit, did not choose any of those. He said, my heroes, my champions are men and women of faith. And I thought to myself, God, why faith and why not the others? Well, it takes faith to love people that you don't like or who have injured you. It takes faith to see prayers answered. It takes faith to grow in holiness. So it all comes back to this element of faith. And God wants us to grow in that area in our lives because faith will give us victory in impossible situations. I travel overseas a bit, as some of you do. If you're in New Zealand, as you all well know, if you want to go shopping in New Zealand, you need these, and I'm not going to give you one, all right? People get excited when I show money. That's most people at the back wake up like, what, somebody's waving money around. People all wake up. But if you go shopping in New Zealand, New Zealand, you need New Zealand dollars. Is that right? If you want to go shopping in India, God bless you if you ever get there, you need rupees. I've got 50 rupees here, which is worth about 50 cents. And then uh, if you want to go shopping in Egypt, you're going to need pounds, all right? This is 50 pounds, not sure what that's worth. If you want to go shopping in the United Arab Emirates, you need dirhams. And I've got how many of these here? I can't even actually read it. Five of those, which I sure is not a lot. But if you want to go shopping in God's shopping mall, this won't do it. Nor will those. Nor will those. None of those will do it. You need a different currency. You need this one. And, and God's shopping mall, friends, is the biggest shopping mall in the world. It, you can buy there anything and everything that you want. It's, it's ne they're never out of stock. You never get a poor quality. There's a money-back guarantee. There are no long queues in God's shopping mall. All you need is the currency of faith. And the good news is this, that the poorest person... On, the, on earth can, be, can buy the most in God's shopping mall if they have the right currency, which is faith. You don't need to be wealthy on earth to be rich in God and to shop in His mall and purchase whatever you need. And I think sometimes the poorest of people become the richest in faith because why? They have to cry out to God continually for their needs to be met. They grow in faith and then that, that faith stretches out into other areas of their lives. The poor can be the richest in the kingdom of God. So let's not worry about the wealth of those around. It's been said that faith is possibly the greatest power in the universe because it unlocks the door 
to God, to victory, to success, to progress, to breakthrough, to answers in your life. And that's why we need to talk faith. We need to constantly declare faith. We need to always be building people's faith up and encouraging them to believe God. So whatever you're facing today, right now, I want to stir your faith that God can come through. You can break through. You can know the victory. You can get through what you're going through today. You can come out the other side. No mountain is too high for our God. No valley is too deep. No wall is too thick that God cannot help you push through. What you need is faith. It says, you know, with faith, with God, nothing is impossible. 1 John 5 verse 4, this is a victory that has overcome the world, even our Yeah, that's what overcomes, even our faith. So the Bible says this, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as you're hearing God's Word today, guess what? Faith's coming in your direction. It's coming to you. By the end of the service, you should have more faith than when you walked in. Who's keen for that? You, You should have. You should have. But let me give you a key. The key to receiving more faith or receiving anything from God's Word is you've got to engage with the speaker. Hello? You've got, to be, you've got to be listening, like, seriously, and engaging, really tuning in. Otherwise, if you just sit back and you listen a bit and then you're up in the bakery and then you're worrying about what's happening next week and you've got a, seriously, a low-key approach to listening to God's Word, I tell you what, nothing's going to happen in your life. You'll have wasted your time coming here. You might as well have stayed home and watched England playing whoever they're playing this morning. I don't know what's going on, some rugby that's hard. Because it's like worship, friends. Unless you really get into it, you get nothing out of it. Unless you really get into the Word as it's preached, you get nothing out of it. And so some people go away saying, oh, man, that was fantastic. And other people say, oh, it really was it. The difference often is, friends, the extent to which you engage. And you're receiving you say, wow, wow, I got that verse, yes. Other people, they sit here assessing how good is the speaker. You're gonna get nothing there either because God's not into that, friends. See, God's not here to deliver a great message to you. God's here to speak a word to your heart, a rhema that you need to hear from heaven that can change your life, set you free and give you a breakthrough. So you gotta really, so you know, every one of you, really you should be all leaning forward like this, not like this. <laughs> I didn't see anyone move, so that point was useless. (laughs) See, true faith can cause you to accomplish beyond your abilities and beyond others. See, with faith, you don't have to be the most gifted, the most charismatic, the most intelligent person on the planet, which gives a lot of you a lot of hope. (laughs) Turn with me to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Acts 4.13. Are you awake this morning? Yeah, okay. They're more awake on this side, I think, than this side today. (laughs) I don't know why that is, but there you go. Come and sit on that side next week, all right? Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, watch this. Peter and John, two of the great apostles, the two of the best, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. Another verse says that they were, they were uh, ignorant, ignorant. Anyone ever said to you, you're ignorant? Well, next time they say that, great, I'm like the Apostle Peter. I'm like the Apostle John. So when they saw them, they said they were ignorant and unlearned, but it doesn't stop there. 
Then it says, and they realized they had been with Jesus. That's what made them champion apostles. You know, you can be ignorant and unlearned and not end up like these guys, but if you be with Jesus, you spend time in His presence, you be a lover of God, you be a worshiper of the King, you get into His Word, yeah, you can be, be like, uh, you can do exploits for God as well and exceed way beyond your gifts and your abilities. It says uh, faith is mentioned, do you know how many times it's mentioned in the New Testament? 239 times. And in 43 times in the Gospels alone, that's not the word faithful, this is the, just the word faith. 239 times, 43 times in the Gospels alone, which tells me that faith is so incredibly important. Jesus was always talking about faith because in essence, faith, what it does, it connects you with God and His power. That's the connection point. Faith is like the, the, the line that links you from where you are, powerless, hopeless, losing, defeated, and you have faith that connects you with God who is powerful, undefeated, and a conqueror, and a winner in every situation. You connect with God through faith, from being defeated to being an overcomer, to being, from being a loser to being a winner. Faith is the connection point between you and God. That's why whatever you're facing today, I wanna to encourage you, stretch out your faith, connect with God and see what God will do in and through your life. But here's the good news, you can grow in faith. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 1 verse three. I don't know if it's gonna come on the slides. I'm not sure what I gave them this time, but 2 Thessalonians 1 three, no, it's not there. Here we go. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is fitting, because your faith Say this with me, your faith grows exceedingly. Say it again, your faith grows exceedingly. Do you like that? Yeah. Wow, wouldn't you like your faith to grow exceedingly? How many of you have more faith today than five years ago? Give me a wave, yeah. I mean, my faith just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and, and I just want it to grow exceedingly because it can go a lot further than it has already to this point in time. You know, so often Jesus would say to his disciples, oh, you of little faith. In fact, five times in Matthew, Jesus makes that statement, oh, you of little faith. But you know, the amazing thing is, the apostles, they struggled with their faith, but in the end, they were known for their great faith. Somewhere between little faith and journeying with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and getting to know God, they went from little faith to great faith. And you, my friend, can go from little faith today to great faith as you walk with Jesus, as you fellowship with the Lord, as you worship the King. Your faith can increase. Tell that to the person next to you. Your faith can increase. And it should be increasing right now through this message, according to the Word of God. Now, here's another good point. Matthew 17, verse 20. All you need is a mustard seed of faith. Do you know mustard seed? I had a lot of mustard. I bought some one day. They're about the tiniest little seed you can find. It's just tiny. A lot of people say, I haven't got much faith. You say, great, that's all you need. You just need a mustard seed. You know, one moment of faith. You've got it. Just a moment of real faith, and you've got a breakthrough. You know, prophetic words are a, Great source of faith. Yeah. Prophetic words, because it's, faith comes by hearing. A prophetic word's like a rhema. 
It's like a word from heaven direct into your life. It's God declaring his will to you. And it adds faith. And you know, as a church, we've had so many prophetic words, and it's important to declare them, to release faith in our hearts and in our life, to, to see them come to pass. And while I was overseas on this trip this time in, uh, in Malaysia and then into Pakistan, God was really stirring my heart. And it was really, I, I learned a lot of stuff and wrote down a lot of notes while I was away this time. But one of the things that God does, He really stirred my heart about two specific prophetic words we've had recently. And it really stirred my heart about one acceleration of expansion. That was one word. And then he stirred my heart about a second prophetic word that I had heard and I'd believed, but I was a little bit, yeah, great, God, let's wait and see. The second word was 10 times growth in the next 10 years. 10 times in the next 10 years, which would take our database to 50,000 plus. And, you know, I, I'd sort of heard that before, and I thought, yeah, that, that's really nice, and da-da-da-da-da. But while I was away, God was saying to me, take, you better take this seriously, because I'm actually planning to do this. And I thought, wow. And it made, made me step back, and I think. And then I was up with a, the guy I was preaching for up in, up in uh, Malaysia. God had given him the same word, 10 times increase in 10 years. And so I thought, God, you're really getting on my case here because it's very easy to be unbelieving, isn't it, in this sort of thing. And uh, then there's other, the scripture, what it was, one Psalm 144, 13, that God gave, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our field. Psalm 144, verse 13. And so to then confirm this word to me and build my faith, this church, I preached in a church last Sunday up in Asia. And I'd rung a good friend of mine, and I said, oh, what size is this church? And he said, I was preaching there a few months ago, six months ago, he said, it's a church of 1,000 people. Well, when I got up there, I realized that in the last year, that church in one venue had doubled in size, and I preached to 2,000 people. So it went from 1,000 to 2,000. I said to him, how did that happen? He said, I don't know. God just breathed on us, and we've suddenly exploded in growth. Then he went on to say, he said that they've got a group of about four churches similar to us. They've got maybe five, I'm not sure. And he said that in the last year, their database went from 6,000 to 10,000 people in just one single year. And God was saying to me, Tark, you know, I can do this. This is, this, is, this is not hard for me to do. What you need is the faith in your heart to actually believe when I speak to you, I mean what I say. So I, I, I just, I'm confident there's going to be a youth revival in this church. Is it that side again, you see? There's going to be a, a kids revival in this church. There's going to be a church-wide revival in Church Unlimited. Come on. Come on. You see, friends, what it comes down to is if we will believe it. If we will believe it, God can do it. This is not ambition. This is not ego. This is actually a challenge to believe what God has said. It's a challenge to my faith. It's a challenge to your faith. Because to, um, to be honest with you, 10 times in 10 years, that challenges my faith. I like to think I'm a person of faith, but that, that pushes my boundaries. But I've got to allow God to expand my faith. But friends, what I need is I need you to come with me. 
See, my faith alone, it's, it's kind of not enough. I need your faith. I need our faith. Linking, joining together. We're all believing together. Bang, da-da-da. You know, uh, we've seen some great things happening all around the place, but our faith has got to be a, a joint faith together. And that's where conference becomes so important because it, we need everybody's faith together to make this conference a real success. To have a conference that's chasing New Zealand and beyond is not the flavor of the month. You know, if you have a healing conference, everyone's going to turn up. You have a leadership conference, they're going to turn up. If you have a signs and wonders conference or whatever, people will turn up. But you have a missions conference, a whole different story, friends. So we need the support of all the people we can get because I believe it is the heart of God. All right, let me just give you quickly five things that faith will do for you. Number one, it's going to help you fulfill your calling and your destiny. See, the truth is this, friends. God's got more for you than you think. Every person here, every one of you here, God's got so much more. You're made in the image of God. He's got great purposes for your life. The problem is sometimes we try and define what that might be. You know, you've got to leave that part to God. But it does take faith to step into all God has for you and all He has for our church. Because the children of Israel, they had a great promise, didn't they? A land of milk and honey, fruitfulness. I mean, fantastic. It was given to all of them. It's been given to you as well. It's been given to all of us. But we know that they never enjoyed it because of a lack of faith. Hebrews 3.19, they could not enter in because of unbelief. They just couldn't believe that God could do this. Acceleration of expansion. Lord, we believe. (laughs) Ten times growth in ten years. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. That's what the apostles sometimes prayed. So we're going to believe this stuff, friends. If we're going to enter into all God has got for us. You know, I reckon one of the biggest challenges to the church today is the stronghold of unbelief. You know, it's like Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, problem with most of you guys is too much roast beef and unbelief. That's what he used to say. Unbelief, friends, and it's, it's an insidious thing. It's just like, oh, I just can't believe what this God's going to do. I just can't believe it's going to happen. And God says, come on, believe. Believe me. Trust me. I am able to do it. Are you doing all right this morning? Okay. Thank you for that clap. One clap up at the back there. All right. You can double tithe as your bonus. That is a bonus because if you double tithe, you get double blessing. So that was a don't, don't think I'm trying to get money out of you. This is the blessing of God being released right there. All right. Number two is confidence in the face of a great challenge. I like this one. Because it says in Ephesians 4 verse 7, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. God has given all of us a measure. There's another verse that says a measure of faith. Now, actually, that's, <laughs> that's not the translation I wanted. That's my mistake. I'll put it. But another translation is God, God's given to each one of us a measure of faith. A measure of faith. What does that mean? It means God's given you. See, God knew what you were going to be facing right now today. And in the next 10, 20, 30, he knows. He knows exactly what's going to happen. How many of you know that God knows everything that's going to happen in your life? Okay, he knows. He knows every trial, every challenge, every mountain you're going to face. So guess what he did? He's given you a measure of faith equal to that challenge. So you can get through it victoriously. You can face the future with absolute confidence. I've had years here in, the, in Church Unlimited which were beyond me. And they're so hard. And so do I used to think to myself, how did I keep praying? How did I keep preaching? How did I keep smiling? How did I keep pre- preparing sermons? How did I keep coming to church Sunday by chance Sunday? Well, I did have to because I was a pastor. But, but how did I keep doing all this stuff? I said, God, how, how, did, how did I get through? I shouldn't. This should have knocked me out. Then I realized God had given me a measure of faith equal to what he knew I was going to face in my life. 
And he's given you a measure of faith equal to your challenge that can get you through to the other side victorious and as an overcomer. Have you ever wondered why some people can go and live in darkest Africa, single woman oftentimes in huts, no running water, no toilets, and you think, how can lonely, how can anyone do that? You know how they can do that? God's given them a measure of faith. You, you say, I couldn't do that, but you don't have to do that. But he's given you faith for what you have to do. He's given you faith for the challenges that you're going to face through the course of your life and your walk with God. Now, here's the big one. Faith can help you keep a right attitude in a trial or injustice. There's no bitterness, no resentment, no unforgiveness, no bad attitudes. You see, we will all face the attitude test. So just ask the person next to you, how's your attitude today? Hey, how is it? Up in the balcony, how's your attitude today? You thought I didn't see you, didn't I? I've got my eye on you. How's your attitude today? Right, listen. If you didn't listen to anything else, will you listen now? Even they're listening in. They want to know what I'm about to say. Is everyone listening? Okay, all right, watch this. I've seen a lot of Christians lose their way in God. I've seen a lot of Christians backslide, and if not backslide, take a back seat, which is not very different, to be honest. It's no longer really serving. Do you know what has amazed me? That some of those people have been the most on fire, spiritual, godly, worshipping, praying people. And you've got to ask the question. that They're the last people you'd think would lose their way. But I've discovered this, friends, that the one thing that can take out the best Christians is when attitude creeps into their heart. Some resentment, some dissolute, whatever it might be, it just creeps into the heart and then it grows and it grows, and eventually it wipes them out. Have a look at Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 15. Honestly, if you don't remember anything else, please remember what I'm saying to you right now. In some ways, the most on-fire Christians are the, are God's, are the devil's biggest target anyway. To Solomon 2, verse 15, it says, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. Everyone say, little foxes. So you know what the trap is? It starts as a little attitude. I'm just not really very happy about how I'm being treated. Actually, I'm not very happy about how I'm being treated. Actually, I'm not, I'm not being treated right. This is unjust. This is terrible. I'm out of here. It starts there, friends. Just start that little, little seed. That little seed. You've got to catch the seed, friends. Kill it. Kill it! Kill it! Before it grows or develops. Doesn't matter how much you worship, friends. If that, that thing is growing in your heart, doesn't matter how much you pray. You can fast 10 days. This thing can still get you. Some of my dearest 
people that I've known over the years, even went through Bible college with me today. Some of them are completely away from God. Some of them are now unbelievers. And I reckon this is the area they've got them. Attitude is the big one. The apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. And the reason why the apostles asked Jesus to increase their faith is he just told them that they needed to forgive their brother seven times in a day. So they said, God, increase our faith. You know where you're going to need faith? <laughs> it's to keep a right attitude. It's to forgive and not get bitter. Bitter, that's where you need faith, friends, more than probably for a miracle. You know, some people can't forgive someone seven days in a lifetime, let alone seven times in a day. That's the request and the requirement of Scripture. Number four, I don't need to go into this, but to see great answers to prayer. And I'll just say this point. Smith Wigglesworth said this. I've learned by personal experience I can get more out of a moment's faith than I can get out of a month's yelling. And people just pray and pray and pray and yell and scream at God. I mean, I do a lot of that. <laughs> I'm a real yeller sometimes I get, when I get going. But God said, at the end of the day, you've got to pray and you've got to pray fervent, you've got to pray much. But at the end of the day, friends, it's not how much you pray. It's how much faith you pray with. Is that right? You can pray half an hour with unbelief. Not believing for a minute it's going to happen. You know, someone once said, <laughs> it's not a very good quote, but I'll say it anyway. They said, any, any prayer longer than 30 seconds is unbelief. <laughs> now, now, we need to pray more than 30 seconds, believe me, but you get the point, don't you? You've got to pray with faith. Okay, the final point is this one. Faith will help you overcome great obstacles. Great obstacles. You know, Christians are likened to eagles, and you know all of nature fears the storms. All of nature, except for one animal, that's the eagle. Because the eagle learns very young that if you face the storm at the right angle, you can fly higher and higher and higher. Friends, as a Christian, whatever storm you're facing today, if you'll face it at the right angle, with faith, and a right attitude, guess what? You're going higher in God. You're about to go higher in God. You're about to go higher in God. You see, friends, it's not a, you know, sometimes we see things as a punishment and we see things as, oh, I wish that wouldn't happen. But friends, you know, even in the midst of trials and difficulties, there's a blessing from God. And the blessing is you can go higher. You can go right up into the heavenly realms if you will face. But you know, if you think about it, you actually need a storm to get you higher because you've got to face the storm. If it's all calm and that, there's no wind as it were to take you higher in God. So God uses the storms in our lives to get us closer to God. The closer we get to Him, the more exploits we can do in His name. Thank God for the trials. Thank God for the difficult times but face them with the right angle. Because if you face them at the right, wrong angle, they're probably going to take you down and you're going to crash. <laughs> See, Romans 8.37 says, we are more than conquerors, which is the word hupernikos, which means, uh, what it actually means is that you are an overwhelming conqueror. You're an unequal champion. You're more than a match for anything that comes against you. That's what it means when it says, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. 
You know, many years ago, I don't know how long it was, some of the staff will remember, we wanted to lay down all these new car parks, 100 car parks, whatever it was, I can't remember. And so we sent one of the staff to the neighbours because we needed their permission. And I think there was about six neighbours that were on the boundary fence or maybe a few more, but something like that. And I think virtually every one of them, maybe bar one, they all said, no, <laughs> we're not going to give you permission to put down any more car parks because it would affect their, the beauty of their looking out on grass, they'll be looking out on concrete and all the rest of it. So the person came back and told me and said, look, uh, they've all, all basically said no. And I remember immediately saying, that's okay. I said, we're going to go to prayer and God will answer our prayer. See, my default position normally is God will come through. A lot of people's default position normally is, well, God won't come through. But mine is normally, not always, but normally God will come through. So we prayed and reached out to God. I don't know whether we fasted or whatever we did, but we reached out to God. And it wasn't long before five, I think, of the six all agreed. And we thought, well, there's one more difficulty here, one more person hanging out on us. But then one of the other neighbors that we knew very well who had a lot of influence and a lot of mana, he basically said to me, he said, Tark, leave it to me. I'll take a few of our neighbors. We will visit this guy hanging out and he will sign. And he did. And once again, faith prevailed. Where everything said no, God said yes. As the musicians would join me, faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. It's the one that you need, friends. You don't need a lot of dollars. You don't have to be rich, but you do need this one here. The currency of the kingdom of God. True faith is possibly the greatest power, the greatest force in the universe. It's going to cause you to see breakthrough when normally you wouldn't. Accomplish beyond your ability. Unlock the door to victory. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray into those prophetic words that we have received. We've got to go after this together. Acceleration of expansion, ten tenfold increase in 10 years, a youth, a kids, and a church revival. Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, be it unto you. Faith is a trigger that releases divine power. It's time, it's time, it's time for your miracle and your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen.